Can you see yourself in the mirror? Okay, good, 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 good. Enough. Good. Just making sure. I didn't buy the mirrors in my room. All right. We look at ourselves in the mirror every day. And what do you primarily see in the mirror? Do you see yourself or do you see like things about yourself, you know? Uh, when we look into our own eyes and our face, do we see who we are or do we see what's wrong with us? Yeah. Usually our first reaction when someone pays us some great compliment, our first reaction is like, oh, if you only knew. If you only knew this about me, you wouldn't be saying how good I am. You know, and we'll never see, I think we will never see uh, everything that others see in us because only we uh, fully know our own imperfections. Only we truly know all of our own sinfulness. Yes, but I was thinking, I don't know where it came from, but I was thinking when someone sees something good in us and that we don't see, it doesn't mean it's a lie. It just means we need to see it ourselves more. Maybe part of the task of our whole human condition, this whole mess, um, is seeing our sinfulness, owning it, and then, and then seeing beyond it, you know, to our, to our godliness. So, when, <clears throat> so I was thinking when someone, you know, appreciates you, says you're a good man, you know, you're a good woman, that's a call to be a better man, a better woman. When someone says, you know, you're holy, mm, that's a call for us to be holier. We have to be what others see when we don't see it ourselves. And furthermore, most importantly, we have to be what God sees in us. And who he sees when he sees each of us is Jesus. When we were baptized and we came up out of the waters, you know, God the Father recognized us the same way, in the same moment that he recognized his own son. He said, this is my beloved with whom I am well pleased. And the more we see this, the more we will be this, as in a mirror. But we have to live this dichotomy. You know what I mean? This word dichotomy, I don't use that word often, dichotomy. We have to live this thing, trusting in who we truly are, that we are beloved, that we are beloved son and daughter, and knowing that we are Jesus, that he lives in us, lives through us, while at the same time never forgetting that we will always be a sinner, that we'll never not need God's mercy and grace and his love and his help. There's no single moment. And so at the same time, we rejoice in, like, in Christ's saving help while continually uh, repenting of our sinfulness to stay open to him, to stay connected with Jesus. And that was the power that came from John the Baptist. You know, he was consecrated in the womb for God, for Christ, in the womb. But he remained a sinner, and he never forgot for a moment that he was a sinner. And that's where his authority and, and John's holiness came from in preaching, in, in his continually repenting of his own sins. And that's what he preached you know, to prepare the way for the coming of Christ. So we will always be 
work in progresses until the very last day for us. We'll always be helpless sinners. But I feel like I want to say that we need to recognize and always own that we are good trees. As weak as we always will be, we're promised a good tree cannot produce bad fruit, just as a bad tree cannot produce good fruit. And then we ask, all right, how is it then? Then good trees, uh, that good Christians out there can bear sometimes such sour, toxic fruit. You know, in the country, in our, in our church, how so? Because they forgot who they are. It's that simple and that tragic. A good tree, which is what we all are, baptized into Christ, a good tree can only produce bad fruit when it forgets its nature, when it forgets that it's only this helpless vine, that we're lifeless, we are dead without Jesus, forgetting how much they, they need to keep, stay rooted in him, or else we fall lifeless. So long as we hang on to this, you know, knowing that we'll never be worthy, you know, we didn't deserve to be baptized. Maybe we knew at the time, maybe we didn't know at the time, but we never deserved to be baptized. Our holiness isn't our right that we've earned, and we can't even hold on to it without him. Our place in this one holy Catholic apostolic church is a gift that we will never earn, but is just given to us. And as long as we hang on to this, know this as John the Baptist, trusting Jesus desperately to feed us, to provide us, and to keep us close to him, he promises he will always deliver. I like to say that, that God's help and his grace is only limited by how much we trust him. He will keep us close to his heart. He will lavish all the, all the love that the Father has to give upon us every day. And, and his coming to us is his promise. And we know his promise by his friendship and by his sacrifice that we see every time we look in the cross. And we know this concretely by these sacraments that we don't deserve, but God offers. These sacraments of healing, of anointing, of reconciliation, the sacrament of himself in the, in the Eucharist. So even if we feel like we've lost our footing, our roots, he gives us all these things so we can remember, uh, so we can be restored, replanted over and over and over again. So as in, as in a mirror, you know, may we never stop looking at ourselves, you know, and trying to see, being open to seeing where God is within us and the spaces that God still needs to be in our life. May we offer both, uh, both to him if we offer both our faith and our struggles, that's all he asks. Offer him both. And when others see good in us, uh, pray that we might see it in ourselves. And our life's goal, to become what God sees in us, to become what he sees, who he sees in us. Jesus with skin on. As my father used to say, we are Jesus with skin on. And that's who we need desperately every day, more and more, until, 
until that day we see him face to face to become uh, who our Father sees and who we are.